1: And Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view. This is The
0: Drill Down
1: with Peter Schweitzer. Welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power in Washington, D.C. I'm Peter Schweitzer, president of the Government Accountability Institute and author of a brand new book, Red-Handed, How American Elites Get Rich, Helping China Win. It's out this week and I'm joined as always on this podcast uh, by Eric Eggers, Vice President here at GAI and an author in his own right. So today we're going to talk about my new book um, and I'm going to ask you, how impressed are you with this new volume that has just
0: been released? Well, I have to tell you, uh, in all honesty, I think there are some interesting revelations in it. And obviously, you've been <laughs> able to capture a significant amount of attention. I'm not sure if we want to brag about the Amazon numbers, but according to your publisher, they are record-breaking, so yeah, that's we, nice. we expect the book to do quite well. But I have to tell you, if you Google red-handed book... <laughs> Like, your book comes up, but so does another book, and that book is called Red-Handed. Same title, but the subtitle's different. This one's Red-Handed, An Exploration of Criminals, Cannibals, Cults, and What Makes a Killer Tick. Are you serious? So, right away, your book is automatically <laughs> underwhelming. It's already the least interesting red-handed book I know. I've seen.
1: We've got espionage. We've got self-enrichment. We've got collaboration. But do you have cannibals? Ch- we do not have cannibals. You don't have but
0: cannibals. I, you don't have cults. Well, I have to check that chapter on silicon valley again there may be cannibalism in there after all well that's an excellent segue because there are some interesting and i guess potentially more relevant to global socioeconomic policy uh revelations in here and so one of the things i'm excited to do in this podcast is uh since you've been you know doing all these softball interviews with sean hannity (laughs) and everything else like today i'm going to be assuming the role of like greg uh stephanopoulos Circa 2015, you know, uh, uh, George Stephanopoulos, George, you George do, Stephanopoulos,
1: you, you do share the same uh, physical stature as George Stephanopoulos, uh,
0: but not the same bank account, unfortunately. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm going to ask you some, some really hard book questions though, no. but I do think there's some really good stuff in the book and what I, what I think it, the book does specifically well is, is exposes to the profound degree uh, to which basically major American institutions are leveraged and beholden to the Chinese government because of the economic opportunity that the Chinese government affords uh, private industries, right? Uh, but I also think it gives a really important context to things that we see in the news over the last couple months and explains why certain decisions get made. And so, yeah, we'll talk about Silicon Valley because your book is like how American elites are making money off of leveraged relationships and hypocrisy when it comes to dealing with China. I think Silicon Valley is chief among them. Uh, And we'll start with maybe Facebook and some of the other companies in Silicon Valley like Google, Twitter, Microsoft. Um, So Twitter and Facebook, it came out, they have a policy that they actually both ban automated collection of data they have a policy that says you're not allowed to do certain things on our platforms but then in december the washington post reported that actually in fact in china that's exactly what's happening the chinese government's been able to they've written software they've written code and have been able to do exactly the thing that facebook and twitter says you're not allowed to do with our services and you're like well how is that possible and 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 then in your book you read about maybe mark zuckerberg and his bent towards China. Be like, oh, OK, I guess that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the thing that's so remarkable um, when I was researching this book and the team was looking at it is you have all these guys that are really, really rich. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, the Google guys. And you're thinking these guys don't need more money. Um, and yet you find at the same time they are kowtowing to Beijing. Not only are they not criticizing them, not only are they collecting their data for them, uh, but they're actually collaborating in research research with military institutions in china military institutions who have set the goal of trying to surpass the united states so you know the question becomes why are they doing this i think part of it is about money right i mean some people just have the mindset you can never have enough i may have 120 billion but i could always use a, a you know 10 billion more but the other uh component that i think is more mysterious and may even be more troubling is kind of this Fascination that a lot of these powerful tech people have with dictatorship. Uh, And I quote from a guy who uh was at mit in the 1970s he was kind of an early philosopher about tech and and these issues his name was joseph wiesenbaum and he wrote in the 1970s about the lure of power through technology and this is what he wrote and i think it's so apropos in the
0: 70s when like technology was like a blinking green light on a screen (laughs) those those
1: card readers exactly (laughs) those card readers are the little dos thing on the screen but i mean i i just think it so accurately represents the mindset Um, Um, He said, quote, no playwright, no stage director, no emperor, however powerful, has ever exercised such absolute authority to arrange a stage or a field of battle and to command such unswervingly dutiful actors or troops. The computer programmer is the creator of universes for which he alone is the lawgiver. And his point is they get to construct their own universe. And does that, I think it does, transfer into their view of how the real world and politics sh- should work? And I think it does. And I think they're attracted
0: to China's model. Well, and your book actually contains a multitude of examples of just how attracted and fascinated they are. Like, if you know, you're a basketball fan. We're over here, you know, you might wear the jersey of your favorite basketball player. For you being a Seattle guy, you might have had a... um, Sean Camp. Sean Camp or like a Dennis Johnson back in the day, right? To keep it with the 70s. Uh, But the Tech Titans, they're wearing like President G jerseys. (laughs) (laughs) These guys (laughs) are, are giant fans. But it is interesting, the thing you said about the technology. I never thought of it, but... Guys in tech and the idea that they're dictators, when we produced that film, The Creepy Line, which talked about Google and Facebook specifically, I mean, one of the frames is they control what you see, right? Right, right. So it is a form of dictatorship if you think about it. Like They have absolute control and power over – the experience of the user. Right, exactly.
1: And and that is an all-consuming power, and they believe that they're benevolent, uh, and they, they, in a sense, think Xi is benevolent. So in the book, I quote uh, interviews that Bill Gates gives when he's in China, and he talks about President Xi. Now, remember, Xi's the guy who set up the prison camps for the Uyghurs. Yeah. Xi's the guy that throws political opponents in jail and has them tortured. Uh, Xi is the guy that hid from the world that covid uh was out um and let it spread without sharing it with the west You're So about he, to get
0: us banned on spotify yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah i mean he is just he is just a bad actor and yet you look at bill gates he goes to china and he says oh i you know president g he works so hard for the chinese people yeah um bill gates is actually a technical advisor uh, to G. Oops, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're wondering what what is the disconnect here? What are they not seeing that the rest of us are seeing? And I think it's they're blinded because G says, "Oh, we need to combat climate change. Oh, we need to worry about population growth. All these issues that are important to Gates." And as one tech guy put it, you know, Xi knows how to get things done. Well, yeah, dictatorships give you that advantage to get things done. And I think these tech titans are are attracted to it.
0: Well, they're, they're attracted to it, but they also have to be attracted to just the Chinese market, right? I mean, I know oh, we, sure. we, and you have examples in your book that we'll talk about, I think, in a subsequent podcast. Um, but everybody remembers what happened with the NBA a couple of years ago when Daryl Morey, then the general manager of the Houston Rockets, tweeted out about Tibet. Right. And what happened was, you know, the, the China like freaked out. Right. And... They, there was some very real concern when NBA teams were over there and like, wow, how come it's like such a big deal for an NBA person to say anything critical of China until you realize that there are actually more English-speaking NBA fans in China yeah. than U.S. citizens. Yeah. So we're talking about different economies of scale. So it, it's got to, that's got to be part of the... Oh,
1: absolutely. So. The, the lure of the market. But, but here's what I would say. I mean, if the NBA stuff is terrible and we talk about LeBron James and his deals in the book. That's terrible where, you know, they're censoring people to be critical of China. When you look at the tech titans, it's even worse. Right. Not only are they censoring and not saying critical things about China, they're actually working with the Chinese government in a way that benefits them militarily. So just one example, Mark Zuckerberg, he and Google get together and decide in 2016. This, this is thing.
0: wild, by the way. I did not know this.
1: Yeah, they, they decide in 2016 they're going to create something called the the Pacific Light Cable, which is going to link uh, computers in Hong Kong to those in San Francisco. You know, what could go wrong? And of course these are very smart tech guys. So they hire a Chinese company to do this that <clears throat> is linked to the Chinese military. So
0: pause, just think about this for a second. We're like we were going to connect right. The United <laughs> States and yeah. San Francisco, the Bay Area specifically, with China yeah. via an underground telecommunication cable that's exactly So, like what could go wrong
1: exactly what could go wrong and of course what happens is the u.s justice department the fbi everybody looks at this and in 2019 they tell them no you can't do this because it creates quote unprecedented opportunities for chinese government espionage now you and i i have very little tech savvy you have a little more than i do thank you but the (laughs) but the point is you know Google and Facebook had to know this. I mean, it's not like some bureaucrat of the FBI figure this out and and they're like, oh, my gosh, we better not do this. You know, in Silicon Valley, better not do this because it's going to lead to spying. They knew this, but they didn't
0: care. Yeah. Counterpoint. Google knows like when I'm going to turn right on a street and where I'm going when I leave my house. Like they know when I'm coming to work and they know when I'm going to church. Right. Right. Like I get these notifications. Right. They know so much about us. Is it possible they know so much about us that they just like the fact that China sort of got the spine thing. Well, just didn't make their radar like that's actually the one data point (laughs) Google and Facebook didn't collect.
1: I I just (laughs) think it's I think it's like inconceivable that that they did not know the implications (laughs) of this cable and they didn't care. And when you look at at, at Google, um, you find all these other examples where they have joint research projects in China on artificial intelligence. And you look at who their partners are and they're connected to the Chinese military.
0: Yeah, this is one of the quotes from the book that I thought really stood out, specifically as it relates to Google, but I want to get back to Facebook because I think it's not that, I mean, they don't care, but I think to your point earlier, like they kind of don't care because maybe they're such fanboys of the Chinese business model, right? Right. So like they want to be in business over there and like kind of, you know, yeah, a little spying between friends, what's the big deal? (laughs) We're spying too, did you know that? (laughs) Right. But uh, no, the the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff at one point, James Dunford, said the work that Google is doing in China is indirectly benefiting the Chinese military. And then as you point out in the book, he corrected himself. Frankly, he continues, indirect may not be a full characterization of the way it really is. It's more of a direct benefit to the Chinese military. And that's like a guy who's in charge of protecting America's national security. The Joint Chiefs of Staff is is saying that the work that one of the biggest tech companies in the world that happens to be an American company is doing in China directly benefits our largest military competitor.
1: Uh, th- that's right. So uh, to give you one example of what they're doing, in 2018, Google pours a bunch of money and resources into artificial intelligence research with a partner at China's Tsinghua University. Now, this is like the elite university. This is where Xi went. Um, so you're thinking, hey, well, they're just doing artificial. It's kind of a Silicon Valley vibe. Uh, no big deal. They're sitting around in T-shirts. What's the big deal? The vice president of the university that Google is pouring money into to research on artificial intelligence said Tsinghua University is close will closely integrate the national strategy of million civilian military civilian integration and the e, and the AI superpower strategy only in this way can we ensure that our country China becomes a veritable AI superpower so the vice president of the university is saying yeah all this stuff May look civilian, but we're going to apply to the military, and this is part of our national strategy to become an AI superpower, which is designed to surpass the United
0: States. Well, and by the way, just from a pragmatic standpoint, I think that's actually one of the things that people admire about the Chinese business strategy. Right? Is they correctly leverage? I mean, synergy is a buzzword that gets thrown around. Right. One thing China's got is some dang synergy. <laughs> right. We're all on the same page. Right. And anybody that. Doesn't get on, get on the same page. They go to the nap pod place. That, that, they disappear. Silicon Valley. Yes, they the, disappear. <laughs> the camp camps like that. No, you will be somewhere else. Right. We are all on the same. Page. But they leverage the university power for government and military uh, advancement in a way the united states doesn't do yeah no
1: that's right because they force to i mean whether these academics and researchers at these universities in china are true believers is irrelevant because they know if they don't share the research and the uh, military technology uh with the military uh they will be ostracized and maybe even arrested so google has multiple relationships like this they have another one with fudan university which does the same thing there's actually a military office in the same office where they conduct uh, artificial intelligence research there um, there's examples where Google has this scholarship program where they 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 have scholars that are affiliated with Google who have done joint research projects with Chinese researchers one of those actually helped China uh, in the development of, it, of its stealth fighter to counter our stealth fighter yeah. and this just kind of goes on and Google acts like it's no big deal you know why what's the problem here
0: I mean just to be totally clear to put it another way Google is Actively working with Chinese universities on artificial intelligence development. At right. the same time, as you point out in the book, that the Chinese Communist Party and government has announced that, like one of their big strategic initiatives, is artificial intelligence development. Right. The Chinese government, Chinese military says, here's what our big thing is going to be next couple of years. Right. Uh, artificial intelligence. Google, you're up. It's your yeah, turn to help us with our universities.
1: That's right, and and uh, President President G of China has said that winning the race in artificial intelligence. He says this in the open. Winning the race in artificial intelligence will allow China to seize the commanding heights in their competition with the United States. So this is key for them. And in addition to Google, you've got Microsoft is doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. They have um, uh, research labs and 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 uh, projects that they're uh, supporting in China in artificial intelligence. They even take in interns... From the People's Liberation Army. Now, we have interns at GAI.
0: Some of whom are militant, but in a different kind of way. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Mostly about showing up to work on time. You right, know?
1: but I but I, I thought about that. I mean, this is crazy. This large American corporation is helping to train researchers with a military that's competing against us and wants to defeat us. It's, it's, it's just absolute madness, as far as I'm concerned.
0: No, I think it's—and what I think is also interesting is because your background, the way you sort of view things, I think, is from— a Cold War mindset. You grew up when the United States, I mean, just to, for a historic comparison. Right. You Think about in the 80s when we're competing with Russia. Right. Like you would not have had, I think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine General Dynamics saying, "We're going to build some factories and some uh, research places in Moscow and and Leningrad"? Like, in as it fact, was
0: called. to the point, it actually became quite controversial that after the wall came down, some of the companies that went over there—I mean, people have lost their job when it came out that they were among the first when things opened up in Russia. They right. went over, there, they kind of cashed in on some oil deals and everything else, and be like, "Oh, really? You're doing yeah. deals in Russia?" Yeah, but it's totally different now.
1: It is. It's totally different. You know, I begin the book. The first chapter of the book is called "The Rope," and it's that famous quote from Lenin, uh, where he says, "You know, uh, the West is going to give us the rope by which we hang them." Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes on in in other contexts to say that you know the elites in the West are going to be deaf, dumb, and blind because they're so eager to make money with us. Well, it, Lenin's right as it relates to China. The problem the Soviet Union had is they didn't have enough money. Right. They're they they didn't have two rubles that they could rub together and and buy off very many elites.
0: The good news Chi- is Putin now has access to Norm Street, too. So that problem will be eliminated. That, that's right. Quickly. That's
1: exactly so right.
0: Good news. China or Russia is also up on. on that, like, exactly.
1: <laughs> their, their prospects are improving as well. But yeah, I mean, that's the problem. China has the money. They have the market. Uh, and you have all these people in Silicon Valley that are eager to do business. And you have this kind of awful sort of behavior where they suck up. To G, um, that, that that really to me is kind of embarrassing. Embarrassing for a normal person, a regular average person, but for a guy worth $60 billion, it's pretty ridiculous.
0: And I think that is a perfect segue to something that we have to talk about in this podcast. We talk about people that are sucking up to G. We got to talk about Mark Zuckerberg and uh, some of the issues, some of the behaviors that I think, yeah, embarrassing <laughs> is the right term. I mean, look, I occasionally will be nice to you. But, you know, <laughs> Just to, you know, secure a little employment, you know, but um, You never asked me to name your child though, did you? Dude, you have to talk about that story That is crazy
1: Well, so, uh, you know, it's the White House uh, state dinner for China in 2015. Uh, Barack Obama's president. He has President Xi over. Uh, And Mark Zuckerberg, um, you know, in total suck up mode, uh, goes up to Xi at the state dinner. Now, uh, uh, Zuckerberg's wife is ethnically Chinese. Uh, She's pregnant. She's about to have a child. And (laughs) Zuckerberg goes up to Xi and says, President Xi, um, my child is going to have an American name. But it's also going to have a Chinese name. Could you give my child their Chinese name? Uh, And, of course, I think Xi is so astonished at this. He kind of says, oh, no, this is too great a responsibility. But, you know, who goes up to a foreign dictator? He's not a friend. He's I mean, hopefully he's not a friend. He doesn't know him that well and says, will you give a name, the Chinese name to my child, to my child? Um,
0: and I yeah. love that President G's like, bro. I know that <laughs> I, I know we're at dinner, and they have just served drinks, so right. you should not be this thirsty. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, it's 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 remarkable. And you know, you could say maybe he did have too many drinks there, but then you find these other stories where um, the the chief of the propaganda department. Of the Chinese Communist Party goes and visits uh, Facebook headquarters, and of course Zuckerberg gives this guy—he's a propagandist. This is his job. (laughs) job. He gives him the tour of the Facebook offices, and then he goes. uh, Zuckerberg takes him into his own office and says, "Hey, have a seat." And and the the propagandist sits in Zuckerberg's chair, and he notices on the desk a thick book, five hundred pages. Picks it up, and the propagandist says, "Oh." This is interesting. It's a copy of President Xi's collected speeches and statements. It's put out by the Chinese Communist Party. And the propagandist, like, I wrote this. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it is, it
0: is. And it's the always prof- nice when you see your book in someone else's house, office, <laughs> I, I, to be fair. It's an right. affirming feeling.
1: It, it is in, 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 a, in a very strange way. Yeah. And, and the propaganda says to Zuckerberg, oh, you have this book. Why is this here? And Zuckerberg says, well, I'm reading it and I've bought copies for all the senior executives at Facebook. This so is the they, craziest part. So they can understand Socialism with Chinese characteristics as if this is some kind of like business, you know, manual that they're supposed to follow. I mean, this is the kind of sort of creepy behavior uh, that you see that goes beyond the pale and really makes you wonder. The extent to which these people are prepared to go.
0: Well, here's what's really fun about this is if you think about the things that Google and Facebook lobby for in America and in the American context with the American government, what's their big argument? Because, hey, should we be regulating them? Should we be taxing them in a different way? Should we be making sure that censorship or I mean, are there different things we should be doing to ensure a level playing field? And what's the argument you always hear from Google and Facebook? Hey. We're private companies, you know, it's right. free market, we right. want it, We should just be able to do the things that we wanna do. It's not the appropriate role of the government to be interfering with us, intervening, and right. doing anything that we need to do. Yet at the same time, they're big time fans of, as you know, socialism with Chinese characteristics.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, one of the examples you cite in the book uh, is, is uh, Bill Gates, um, you know, Microsoft, who for, for decades uh, insisted that China, China uh, can't censor and won't censor people in their own country. I mean, he gives a speech at Stanford University to these students and says, no, 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 it's not possible. They'd have to have a person next to each computer user. And within a year, of course, they built the, the so-called great wall, great digital wall to censor things. So he's making excuses all the time for Chinese censorship, but then there was legislation introduced to uh, deal with China, China Uh, Sorry, child pornography uh, on the Internet. Um, And Bill Gates comes out against it and says, oh, we can't have this kind of censorship. Now, I'm not saying Bill Gates wants child porn. The point I'm making is any attempt at any kind of restriction, even on child porn Mm. in the United States, he's highly critical of. But he makes excuses for censorship in China on a regular basis. Um, so to your point, they're, they're not consistent. This notion that they're private businesses, they just want to be left alone. They're very happy to uh, be manipulated and used by the Chinese government as long as they can get access to the market and there's something in it for them.
0: Well, and that's not the last aspect. It's certainly not the last aspect of the hypocrisy that you expose in your book, Red Handed, which again is out this week, and we encourage anybody to, to take a look at it. But w- but the Silicon Valley companies specifically like Google, like Twitter, like Facebook, I mean, they're among the leaders in pushing progressive social values. Right, I mean, there's no doubt that where they stand and to the point where they'll censor things, if you can share an opinion that might not be considered politically correct. There's been examples right. of that. Uh, they, they clearly have taken hardline stances on liberal social policies. But when it does come to uh, any discussion about human rights violations right. in China, um, not only are they silent, but there's been reporting recently, I think it, from BuzzFeed and from Vanity Fair, that they're actually direct beneficiaries right. of the human rights violations that occur in China with the Uyghurs because these they all have products that are manufactured by this labor
1: yeah uh you you have the labor component uh you also have the fact that um uh the the big tech companies work with chinese companies that are involved in censorship so they're 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 picking up knowledge and you're right i mean silicon valley uh firms tell us all the time that they are about enlightenment they are about improving our lives remember google for years their their motto was don't be evil right um so they they have always elevated themselves as not just these greedy corporations and so they talk about things like black lives matter and other issues which is certainly their right to do the problem is when it's really going to cost them something, right? You're not if 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 you come out in favor of Black Lives Matter or some of these progressive uh, causes, let's say gay marriage, you're really not going to pay a price. You're nobody's going to come
0: after you. It's, well, at it's, my house at Thanksgiving, you might. <laughs> <laughs> we got but, some very yeah, angry people.
1: Yeah, but it's you know, but it's it's the sort of thing that that it doesn't have a price. The thing that's really going to cost them that really would demonstrate that this is not just a PR campaign. Uh, pretending that they're a more elevated company would be if they came out and condemned human rights abuses and other issues in china but they're not going to do it uh, because they're too attracted to the market and i would argue they have a certain uh a respect for the quote-unquote efficiency of dictatorship
0: which china only demonstrates more regularly every time that they do block out blackout sensor come down hard on anybody that does look i mean that's where the nba example i think is so relevant we'll talk about that in a future episode but um no i think peter you know you asked me how impressed i was with the new book it's a solid you know it's pretty good, pretty impressive
1: yeah well <laughs> no, that, that that's that's high praise coming from you yeah
0: i, I, I do it begrudgingly <laughs> because i'm dead inside but the uh but it, but you did say I, mean, I guess we'll sort of just close with this um You've teased before, and you've said now in a few different interviews, that the research you've done for this book was the scariest experience of your investigative journalism career. And I guess just tell me and tell our listeners, as it relates to Silicon Valley and to the extent that the Silicon Valley and big tech companies are representative of all the other American elites whose relationships with China you expose in the book, Like, what's the scariest thing about it?
1: The scariest thing about it to me is the scope. Um, There certainly are people in Silicon Valley, Wall Street and Washington who see China and the threat that China poses, the fact that they want to replace us as the world superpower. But I got to tell you, there are all the big names in Silicon Valley, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, the Google guys, um, all hue to this this sort of pro-Beijing line. You go to Wall Street, uh, the biggest f- uh, fund managers, BlackRock, Blackstone, the largest hedge fund, they all hue to this line uh, that is pro-Beijing. And you look in Washington, D.C., uh, whether it's the White House, whether it's Capitol Hill, people from both political parties, you have this very powerful constellation of individuals who have decided to essentially throw in their lot with Beijing. It's good for their business. It enriches them, uh, but it also provides other benefits. And that's what's scary. It's the size and scope of it and the fact that you're dealing with the most powerful people in the three most powerful institutions in America, which is Silicon Valley, Wall Street and
0: Washington, D.C. And they're all uniform in their obedience and fealty to this existential and legitimate threat to america's sovereignty
1: yeah i mean they, they all uh, espouse um this idea that if we just keep giving them uh, our dollars we keep giving them access to technology they'll become more like us they've been saying that for 30 years it's not the case china's more repressive now than they were 30 years ago and guess what china doesn't look more like us i would argue in certain respects we're starting to look more like china especially when you look at some of the big tech censorship that's going on today in the united states
0: i'm only upset that you said that because I was going to say it and you just stole what I thought was a great point and <laughs> I was going to tweet it out, you know, but I guess you can have it just like you get all the good lines in your book. <laughs> Peter Schweitzer, uh, this one's going to be a monster. And, uh, but we, I think it's not just you, we have a whole team of people Absolutely. that work here that did a lot of research on this, but I think, um, no, it's awesome and I'm excited for you and I'm excited to see the very good work that our entire team put together. But I think um, it's a very important story. It's not just important nationally i think you could argue it's important internationally and so we're very appreciative and excited by the big response it seems to already be getting
1: well thank you very much um i appreciate it uh sounds like red-handed has passed the eric eggers test that's right which is which is quite hard to do uh thank you for joining us on the podcast we'll be discussing uh red-handed on future episodes as well if you're interested in our other podcasts you can go to the thanks so much for joining us